0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the weekly Q and A. For our first question, Cam Cam asks if Kira will survive the final events of Charles Soule's comic trilogy about her.
1: So we had the War of the Bounty Hunters, which brought Kira back, and Crimson Dawn. uh, Just to catch anyone up who hasn't read the comics, and she captured Han Solo. They did an auction for his carbonite slab. Uh, Basically, she caused a lot of chaos. Crimson Rain was the second series, another five issue arc where Crimson Dawn continued to cause chaos throughout the galaxy, and now she's ready for her final plan. We don't know what that is yet, but basically she's trying to take down the Sith. We know that's not going to happen. The first issue of Crimson Reign straight up said, like, this is a tragedy story. Uh, Kira's plans do not come to fruition, but will she survive or will she die?
0: I mean, I don't want her to die... I feel like if she does die in this, it's going to be kind of a letdown for a lot of people, but it sounds like she's going to.
1: I'm, it it definitely feels like they're setting it up to happen. I'm hoping that she makes it out. There's a line in the first issue of War of the Bounty Hunters where she says, uh, Han always wanted to save me. Now he's finally going to get that chance. I don't feel like we've gotten payoff for that line yet. So I'm hopeful that she has some contingency plans in place uh, to get her safely away from (laughs) whatever dangers are coming.
0: So her and Han have not been reunited yet? No,
1: because he's still in Carbonite. Okay, these take place like right after Empire Strikes Back.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, if Han could come in and save the day, that would be pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> he punches out of carbonite <laughs> and save it. No, <laughs> she, she means more metaphorically. Can you uh, imagine metaphorically.
0: How, how mad Leia would be if she found out Han got out of carbonite to go save Kira and then put himself back in yeah. so that Leia wouldn't find out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be like, well, I can't let Leia know, so I'll just hop uh, back into the carbonite. Yeah. Uh, No, that's not going to (laughs) happen. She means metaphorically, I think, she is going to use Han uh, like the auction. I was kind of thinking she was saying, I'm going to use Han to save myself. Mm -hmm. But we haven't seen that happen yet, I don't think. So I'm expecting Kira has something up her sleeve that will keep her safe. Because I agree, I think it would be kind of a bummer for the character to ultimately meet her fate in a comic. Yeah. Like, not to disparage comics or anything, but it's like, I want to see more Kira stories, mm-hmm. and um, I I don't know. I'm still holding out hope for that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I would love to see this character come back on screen. Hi, Hilo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I hope this is not the end of her for for, for her story in, in these comics. Yeah,
1: they're, they're really stacking the deck against her, but I'm holding out hope that she makes it and can continue to return in future stories.
0: Diabologist wants to know if Kira could have been trained in the Force by Maul.
1: So that's something that Crimson Rain and uh, War of the Bounty Hunters got into, but Crimson Rain specifically stated that Maul trained Kira in combat, and they she. It's still very vague. I think you know, for the hope that maybe they explore this in the past. More like kind of solo two content, but she vaguely is like I was trained by my predecessor, and it shows Maul and like a flashback of them training together. So, could she have also been trained in the Force? I'm going with no here. I think she's just a good fighter.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, she she already was trained. She she knew Taraskasi, mm-hmm. so she, she was already a good fighter. Um, I don't really see Maul. Being able to train someone in the Force. I, I mean, he
1: trained Savage a bit. <laughs> I, As, I I don't after, think Maul's going to be a great master.
0: Yeah, was that was that after the Night Sister magic though?
1: Yeah, after the Night Sister magic, after Count Dooku trained Savage for a bit, so you know Savage had had he was eased into it. Mm-hmm. I just don't see Kira as Force-sensitive in Solo, of course. And while I think that it's possible for someone to become Force-sensitive later in life, it's uh, very difficult. And I don't see that happening for Kira with her mindset Mm -hmm. and the way that she is. She's very manipulative. Yeah. um, But she's also not, like, full-on evil and full of rage like a Sith would be.
0: Mm -hmm. She, She strikes me very much as, like, if there were to be a gray Jedi, she might be she might be it.
1: But. Yeah, if if she had force abilities, yeah, she would not be Sith or Jedi. Mm-hmm. She would be someone that uses them for her own gain. Well see, we I'm still not fully trusting her own motivations in this series. She says that she's out to destroy the Sith and make the galaxy better for everyone. I think there's some truth to that. But we're also seeing in some of the comics, Crimson Dawn is not good. Mm-hmm. Like, they are still a criminal organization. They are also ruling very much like the Empire. Yeah. They're cruel.
0: I think she has a very selfish nature. So it's possible that Maul could train her to use the Force, but I don't think she would be very good at it.
1: <laughs> she straight up says that she is selfish and manipulative in the comics, so well done, Uh for, for not having read them. I don't have to read it. I know. <laughs> you know everything. I know. So, yeah, I, I just think that she is a great fighter. But we have seen that she couldn't hold her own against Vader. Uh, she survived. She got out alive. But uh, she was not able to do much to stop him in War of the Bounty Hunters. She stalled him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think that she has any abilities in the Force. She's just a very gifted uh hand-to-hand combatist, combat person, martial artist, <laughs> I don't know, fighter. She's a fighter. Yeah, thank you.
0: Gui <laughs> <laughs> Guiyo asks what we think of Mark Ruffalo's comments about Star Wars and the MCU.
1: I think we're catching up on all this a little late. I feel like we're about a week late to this party. This is new to um, me. But yeah, we got some like internet drama that yeah. I don't think is that dramatic. yes um, so smell I, the tea. I I had to look up the quote and basically Mark Ruffalo as he was talking about She-Hulk says The thing Marvel has done well is that inside the MCU, just as they do with comic books, they let a director or an actor sort of recreate each piece to their own style, their likeness. Marvel generally lets them bring that to the material. If you watch Star Wars, you're pretty much going to get the same version of Star Wars each time. It might have a little bit of humor, it might have a little bit of different animation, but you're always really in that same kind of world. But with Marvel, you can have a whole different feeling even within the Marvel Universe. I don't really think he's that off base.
0: <laughs> Listen, Mark, stay in your lane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. I, I. I think someone asked him, kind of like the differences between Marvel and I've, Star Wars, and yeah, like I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I, I just I see that quote, and I I heard a lot of people saying, like very dramatically because. The headline of that article is like Mark Ruffalo throws shade at Star Wars. Girl, the shade, the shade wow. of an office. And I'm like, did he? Like, is he that wrong?
0: I mean, I, I don't know that he understands Star Wars. I don't know Mark Ruffalo, so I could be <laughs> way off base. But what he's saying about the differences, he just, I think he might just not know about. The different kinds of Star Wars content that we are getting, stuff like Visions and stuff from the books. Yes. Like he probably doesn't know about that stuff. So, from from the big theatrically released films of Star Wars, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important distinction to make. I think he is talking about live action Star Wars. I don't know what he has or hasn't seen, but yeah, Star Wars gets really weird in uh, comics, in animation, and but but when you're looking at the movies everything has to feel like star wars and the biggest kind of genre shift we've had is a war movie in star wars which is like an easy shift to make Mm -hmm. and we've seen uh directors come in like lord and miller who are very comedic and they struggle to put their vision of star wars out like i don't think mark ruffalo is wrong (laughs) in that sense
0: yeah But I mean, Marvel is just kind of peeking over the edge of these, the the changes that he's kind of talking about.
1: Well, to play devil's advocate, I think that a lot of Marvel movies follow the same formula. Um, But to his point, you can do something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is this big galactic scale story. Mm -hmm. Or you can do something like, we haven't seen She-Hulk yet, but I mean, this is a from what I know, a legal drama slash comedy, mm-hmm. a much smaller scale story. Like, WandaVision was very unique. So I do think that the MCU has set, it up, set itself up in such a way that they can do almost anything. <laughs> they can have a straight up comedy if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Or I think Star Wars would struggle to do that more.
0: I wish that weren't true because I would love... A Star Wars comedy. I mean, the, there are definitely lots of comedic aspects about stuff. I mean, the all the droids are basically there for comedic relief yep. for the most part, except for Chopper. He just wants to kill.
1: <laughs> Which can be funny. Yeah. Um, and again, like I'm, I'm mostly phrasing this around live action, and I also think that that is going to change in Star mm-hmm. Wars. I mean, we'll have to wait and see what Andor is like, but I think Tony Gilroy from what he has talked about so far is getting to put, like, his vision and his intentions on the screen.
0: Yeah, I I get what he's saying when he's talking about, like, the different creators and directors putting their own spin on things. Like, I think we're headed in that direction for Star Wars. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, uh, some of the art of Star Wars books that we've read and really enjoy, I remember one of them, it was Force Awakens or Last Jedi, I think, but... It opens up with, you know, what does Star Wars feel like? And it is important that all of these elements still feel like Star Wars. And so I think that it's easier for almost anything to feel like the MCU. Mm-hmm. Just the way that it, it, it's it been set up. And Star Wars just has more of like a very set in stone kind of series of rules mm-hmm. <laughs> that I think in some cases need to be broken because it will feel stale eventually if we never break some of those rules. Agreed. I I, I think I'm saying that well, but <laughs> <laughs> like- what's an,
0: what's an example of a rule?
1: I, even little ones, like someone has to uh, say, I've got a bad feeling about this. Like th- they're doing it in fun and creative ways more recently, but- I think that that's something that eventually has to go. Mm -hmm. For a while, people were like, are R2 and C-3PO going to be in every Star Wars movie ever? And that that was not the case with Solo. And it's like, yeah, that's a tradition that needs to fade away. Yeah. Andor might be the first series live-action Star Wars thing that doesn't have a Force user in it. Like... I think that we need to keep expanding what Star Wars can be outside of the Skywalkers, the Jedi, the Sith, etc. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's still going to be ships and blasters and the Force, some sort of mysticism will play a role. but
0: Yeah, like for instance, Chirrut is a good way to incorporate the Force without having him be like a Jedi or mm-hmm. like a major Force user. He's a believer
1: yeah. in the Force. It, and like I thought the Alphabet Squadron books... There are no Force users in those books, but they still discuss what the Force means to them.
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: think that's great. And, and, you know, I'm very into the X-Wing novels, which for a while don't have any Force users in them. It's more just like, these are the pilots, the the behind-the-scenes normal people who save the day. Yeah. Like, And I think Andor is going to be along those lines.
0: Yeah, some of my favorite books, like Phasma and Black Spire, they don't really have... Hardly any force elements in them.
1: And that's the thing. I think that the outside of live action books, comics, animation, Star Wars visions, like they have done, Lego Star Wars, they've done a really great job at expanding what Star Wars can be. I think that the live action series and movies will follow, but it'll be a slower transition. Mm -hmm.
0: KJB Wits wants to know if Andor will be the first Star Wars show or movie without a lightsaber. I almost
1: said that and forgot (laughs) that this question was coming.
0: Speaking of Andor kind of going off into a different direction, no lightsabers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I said, uh, I don't really think there are going to be Force users in this. I don't think there should be. I think that they should stay away from lightsabers, at least for season one.
0: I think so, too. (laughs) I just... Uh, the image of Palpatine whipping his lightsaber out came to my mind for a second, and I was like, "Why? Well, I don't know why he would do that in Andor." But yeah, if we got any like Palpatine Vader stuff, we might see a lightsaber. But otherwise, I, I yeah, I think we can we can keep the lightsabers put away for this
1: one. Yeah, what we've heard about season one, especially that it's very much at least Andor's part of the story. It's like on this one planet, Ferrix, and then in Mon Mothma's on Coruscant, and Rail Rail's probably going to be going around the galaxy, but I get the sense that Vader would be the only lightsaber we might see, and I don't think we're going to see Vader. I don't think they're treating this rebellion on Ferrix as something important. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in Season 2, as the rebellion continues to grow, Vader could go on the hunt or something, but even that... Like I like I said, I love the X Wing books for the fact that it's about the people with the boots on the ground, and it's not the Jedi coming in to save them constantly. They're out there on their own, and and I like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, we didn't see a lightsaber in Rogue One until the very
1: end, right?
0: When Vader decides to go on his killing
1: spree, it, it's like so many stories have. Almost done it. Mm -hmm. Like Solo almost didn't have a lightsaber in it. And then that one hologram. And Rogue One almost didn't have a lightsaber. So close. The Mandalorian season one, same thing. Right at the end, we got the Mm darksaber, which is cool. And to me, that shows me that you can do a Star Wars story without a lightsaber in it. Like the Mandalorian would have worked just as well without the darksaber reveal at the end.
0: And like no one was expecting that. So it made that reveal- so crazy.
1: And Maul's hologram would have worked just as well without the lightsaber. I think that they yeah. included that specifically for the regs to just be like, it's it's Maul. He's got the double-bladed lightsaber. Check yeah. it out.
0: <laughs> Framed Citizen asks where we would want to go on a double date with Han and Leia.
1: Since the princess and the scoundrel just came out, I figured Aww, this would be a, this a, cute. a cute one.
0: Uh, Laser tag would be fun. <laughs> To see them bicker, but also Uh be really good at it. I I was was going to
1: say, really, anything that we could get them to have to work together on something, (laughs) so we could just sit back. An escape room. (laughs) An escape room would be great. There, that's it. An escape room would be so much fun. Yes. But like, kind of in a negative way for us, we're like, we just want to watch you fight. (laughs) But I think it would, what a story that would be.
0: Yeah. Or like a a cooking class or something might be fun.
1: Although, if we went, they would get the same experience, I think, with us if we went to an escape room. Oh, yeah. It's difficult to get you into an escape room.
0: I'm I'm not a fan.
1: (laughs) So uh, me and Leia would probably be trying to find clues and stuff. (laughs) And you and Han would probably like sit in the back and try to act all cool and aloof. Mm -hmm. Like you're above this
0: we would be talking about blasters and the nearest bar
1: do you think Chewie would be fifth wheeling it
0: (laughs) maybe I don't know he probably is like any chance he gets to go off and do his own thing he's (laughs) like please
1: yeah take the kids we're basically babysitting (laughs) for (laughs) Chewie but I would definitely demand that they drive us there Because I want to hang out in the Falcon. Sure. The little taste I got at Galaxy's Edge was not enough. Mm -hmm. I want to wander the halls, sit in the cockpit.
0: (laughs) I want to go into the gunner seats.
1: That's what I would want to do too.
0: I'd be like, I won't won't fire or touch anything. I just want to sit in those chairs. I'd want them to take us.
1: No, I'd want them to take us somewhere so I could shoot stuff. (laughs) That'd be fun. Maybe they have like asteroid shooting galleries somewhere. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, if like... Ben Solo found out that he let just a couple of normies in there and like he hasn't been allowed to go in there.
1: A couple of normies. They would love us. We're delightful.
0: (laughs) I don't don't know. How many double dates do you think they would go on?
1: With who? I'm trying to even think of who they would go on a double date with. Maybe Lando and Kasha eventually. but Yeah.
0: I just feel like they would be bored out of their mind.
1: Hmm. With us? (laughs) Don't say that
0: are pretty exciting. Maybe they (laughs) would like to be bored.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. They sent us their daily vitamin supplement AG1. I started taking AG1 to see if it would help give me more energy, especially in the morning. I like coffee, but I know caffeine isn't the best for you, so I thought swapping it out with AG1 would be an interesting experiment. I've been taking one scoop mixed with 10 or 12 ounces of water first thing after I wake up. It's loaded with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more. I would say that it has helped me wake up and have more productive days in the month or so that I started taking it. I've also noticed that I've been falling asleep easier, which has been a struggle for me as long as I can remember. AG1 costs less than $3 a day, and your subscription also includes a year's supply of vitamin D. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com starwars Star Wars. Again, that's athleticgreens.com starwars Star Wars to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, back to the show.
0: On to YouTube questions. Star Wars Decoded asks if there could be any other survivors of Luke's Jedi Academy on Osis.
1: Osis? Osis. Osis? <laughs> could be. Sure. Are they? Or are there? I don't really think so.
0: I don't yeah I don't think there should be it would be kind of weird if one just like popped up and decided to I don't I don't know get revenge on somebody or
1: (laughs) I'm here to get revenge what Ben Solo's dead Ah, dang it
0: yeah (laughs) I'm too late shucks (laughs) um no I don't I don't think there's any survivors yeah
1: I, I don't think there should be um it's a sad story and all but I don't know. I, I will. I won't say like there's definitely not because George Lucas, when he was throwing around ideas for his sequel trilogy, he mentioned Luke gathering other survivors of Order sixty six. So even Lucas was over here saying that, "Ah, oh, last of the Jedi, you will be." Nah, never. <laughs> never mind that. We'll we'll find more Jedi, and so th- there's always that storytelling potential.
0: Well, we saw. I actually liked the stuff in Obi-Wan where we find out that there are Jedi that survived and, you know, they're kind of working on this whole underground situation with the the path. Um, But that's just like the Jedi in general for this one Jedi Academy to have another survivor in this particular story. I don't think that works.
1: Yeah, it just seems unlikely. And I'm I'm talking about that line at the end of Return of the Jedi, where people always go back to that where Yoda tells Luke when when he's dead, Luke will be the last of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And We've then, talked
0: about that line before yeah. and I hold that uh He's just senile and crazy, uh-huh. and he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. You're the last Jedi. <laughs>
1: he didn't He didn't mean literally the last. Last of the Jedi. I don't know. There might be some more running around. Who knows? <laughs> last
0: Jedi I'm ever going to see. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> EM wants to know if Luke and Leia ever discussed their kiss on Hoth.
1: Another question that I have included because of the princess and the scoundrel. Um, I don't want to like dive too deep into it. It's early on in the book. Here it's, some, it's early.
0: I'm still very early in the book, and I just passed that part.
1: Well, so minor spoilers for the princess and the scoundrel, but Luke and Leia have not discussed it as far as we know, but Luke and Han did, mm-hmm. and it's a very fun little exchange.
0: He's like, you remember that one time on Hoth? And Luke like, let's just not.
1: I just like both of them kind of have that realization at the same time where they're like, wait a minute, (laughs) which was just a fun thing to address. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was not expecting Beth Revis to cover that. And I'm glad she did. And it's like, it doesn't have to be something that they dive deep into. It's a very small segment of a chapter, Mm -hmm. but it is addressed. So I don't really think that Luke and Leia ever felt the need to bring it up.
0: I don't either. I think if, If someone did bring it up, Luke would be the one to try to bring it up, and Leo would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Next.
1: That never happened. Next question. (laughs) I don't know him. (laughs) I don't
0: remember that. That's not how I remember it. (laughs) Bartek Kubica asks if we'll ever see Jar Jar again.
1: I was kind of wondering, because of this question, it popped into my head. Will we see Jar Jar in Andor? We're going to see the Imperial Senate.
0: I hope so. Honestly, I I never thought I would say this thinking about, like, when I grew up watching the prequels. But I want to see Jar Jar again at some point. I think that would just really make it full circle somehow. Like, just the way that the prequels are getting all this love now. And the huge amount of love that Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen got at Celebration, like... I don't know if Ahmed Best would want to reprise his role as Jar Jar, but like imagine if he did and just the outpouring of love. Now a lot of the normies might see the return of Jar Jar and go like, boo, we don't want that. Didn't everyone hate him? (laughs) Some people
1: might act that way. I think we're kind of beyond that, at least in the online world. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It sounds like even the normies are made up of people who grew up with the prequels at this point Mm -hmm. and appreciate Jar Jar. So I'm still not expecting Jar Jar in Andor, but there are going to be scenes in the Imperial Senate. I kind of expect that he has been removed from the Senate at this point. Mm. uh, If they're going to really stick to what happened to him in the aftermath books where he basically is treated like a pariah, goes back to Naboo. Um, I don't know. It, there was no timeline on that, so who knows when all that went down. I, I'd be down for a Jar Jar cameo.
0: If not Jar Jar, at least like, I would like to see a Gungan again.
1: Yeah, that'd be neat. The, the, the Imperial Senate leaves a lot of room for some interesting Star Wars stuff to come back.
0: Mario Hernandez wants to know what announcements we expect out of D23 this year.
1: I'm not really expecting anything right now.
0: Probably not anything super new. We could get a little more information on Acolyte or Skeleton Key. Crew. Skeleton Crew. (laughs) Uh, Those would be the two that I would guess, if anything.
1: I think they're going to focus more on Indiana Jones. Like, we know Lucasfilm has something at D23. They did a little tease for Indy at Celebration. But, you know, that's for Star Wars. So I think they might focus more on other things that they have outside of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. That said, they could give us, like, some solid release dates on The Bad Batch or Tales of the Jedi. Like, I guess I'm not expecting announcements so much as I'm hoping for more dates or just more information about things we already know, like the Acolyte or Skeleton Crew.
0: Yeah, it it makes sense because... We just got Celebration and we're getting another one so soon for them to concentrate more on Indy and Willow Mm -hmm. for the Lucasfilm projects.
1: Yeah. So maybe they'll announce something else that is not a Star Wars property. That's kind of what I am expecting them to do at D23 uh, while being hopeful that they do something else. It's kind of like last year. They're also going to do a Disney Plus Day in a few weeks. we all know how that went last time. And they were saying, like, get ready for announcements. And all the Star Wars fans are like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Fool
0: me once. Shame on me. No? Wait. (laughs) Fool me once.
1: You're pulling a George W. Bush. (laughs) (laughs) Fool me once. Shame on you. Uh Fool me
0: twice. Shame on me. You got there. Either way, shame on you. (laughs) What if they just come out of left field, though, and actually announce Rogue Squadron is happening?
1: Well, that won't be an announcement. It would be a huge relief.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, If they were to dive into.
0: They give us a trailer, a a release date, just all of it.
1: There's no way. There's (laughs) no way that's happening.
0: We filmed it in secret.
1: If they gave an update on Rogue Squadron, an update on Taika's movie, an update on the films would be huge. Like, if they weren't, if they just weren't ready to talk about them at celebration. Maybe some contracts weren't signed yet. It's possible. I'm just not gonna get my expectations up. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you wanna leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel.
0: Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
1: And as always, thanks for watching and may the force be with you. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangee Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit familylawrepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's familylawrepresentation.com. Stangee Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangey Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangey. 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time